Yes. If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who isn't nowadays uh, in this day and age? But uh, I think I've forgotten the beginning. Uh, But only true fans, real hardcore fans of the show would know two facts about us. Two undeniably totally real and not made up on the spot facts about the both of us. America's hottest will they or won't they podcasting couple, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, the first fact, which is about you, Bunny, is that when you're not doing the podcast, you you are working on expanding and taking care of your Guinness World Record winning collection of memorabilia from James Cameron's Avatar. So tell us, Bunny, what are you what is Tell us about some of your favorite Avatar merch that's in your collection. Uh, I I hate that fucking movie. <laughs> Which is weird that you've got a the merch World is fun. Yeah, the the collection is armored. the collection is fun. It's it, it is the first hate collection ever. You know, gotcha. just like. Gotcha. You know, um, to to absolutely be against everything that that Avatar stands for, and still just have this compulsion to own everything of it, uh, kind of like what those people used to claim who collect Nazi memorabilia. Yeah, like yeah. yeah no, you're just too into it. I'm sorry, I I I don't trust you. <laughs> Same yeah. thing, but but. Uh, I do have one thing that's an absolute prize in the collection. Uh, not very many people have one, uh, and and I really can't get into how I obtained it. But I have one of Sigourney Weaver's pubic hairs. Nice. Nice. That is... Cherish that. From Just the set. It. From the set, yeah. okay, because it's got to be from the, I mean, because if it was from aliens, that would fuck up the collection. Yeah, that count. alien yeah. pubes. Yeah. No it alien pubes be. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice, nice, very good. That's a good, that's a good get yes. for you and your yes. collection. That, you know? that was a good get. Yeah. And the second thing that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do is I like to find a story from the history books that maybe not too many people know and reword it via my own unique storytelling voice. And that's what this is. Another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations. Dun, 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 dun. Or SHAP, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name SHAP. It's short and entertaining and kind of gay. It's the Tom Cruise of podcast segments. Alleged. Anywho, today on the old SHAPity SHAP SHAP, we will be doing the story of the Mission Impossible bombs. And I'm not talking about Mission Impossible movies that bombed. Oh, no, my friends. I'm talking about the real-life Mission Impossible bomb scare of 2006, an actual thing 
that actually happened. But first, mojitos. Oh, wait, no. First, a little bit of backstory. Bruce Geller. Okay. Bruce Geller was the name. He was a screenwriter. He wrote episodes of The Rifleman and Have Gun, Will Travel. And then he got his big break. He was a producer on Rawhide. And so he was a producer for that show. And while he was working on Rawhide, he was like, you know what? These cowboy shows, you know, they're really popular right now. But what's going to be the next thing, the next big thing? You know what? Maybe, maybe spy shows. Maybe I should do a spy show next. So he had the idea and he brought that idea to term in 1966. He single-handedly wrote, produced, and directed the new show Mission Impossible, which ran on CBS from 1966 to 1973 and then ran again in the 80s for two seasons. Originally, Peter Graves was not the leader of the IMF, the Impossible Mission Force. An actor named Stephen Hill was, but they yes. replaced him in season two because he's Jewish. Really? Kind of, kind of. See, um, Stephen Hill was an Orthodox Jew, and as such, he would have to leave the set by 4 p.m. on Fridays to be home before sundown, and that was considered a problem to filming. Okay. Because they would film all day and then on into the night, and they're still filming, but Stephen Hill is like, sorry, it's four, I gotta go, and he would take off, <laughs> and that was a problem. So after, as season one that went is, on, they just less and less of him because it's like we can't work around your whole Jew thing. So then in season two, they just replaced him with Peter Graves. Yes. So so did I, they that fire was, him? That was funny, man, because that's somebody I have not thought about in a million years. And as soon as you Stephen mentioned Hill? it, the memories came fucking flooding back. Like, I could picture his goddamn face, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So did they fire him for being Jewish? Kind of. Yeah. They fired him because uh, his schedule conflicted with their schedule, and it was difficult to... No, they fired him because he was Jewish. They fired him because he was Jewish. So they replaced him with Peter Graves. The show featured a number of uh, actors in uh, small-time roles, the, including uh, Leonard Nimoy and Sam Elliott. They became yes. sort of regular on the show. And Sam course, Elliott? Way, I don't remember Sam Elliott. I'm going to have to go back. Neither did I, but I looked it up. It, it was all over uh, uh, IMDb and Wikipedia. Uh, yeah, yeah. A young Sam Elliott was on oh. there. So... The show was a popular one, so much so that when Tom Cruise starred in the first film, Mission Impossible, in 1996, it was not seen as a reboot. It was seen as a sequel to the two TV series that came before it, that this was a continuation of the television show. We are doing the television show, yeah. except now it's going to be as a movie franchise, and I didn't know that. At least that was the plan when the first movie came out. Eventually, it just became a Tom Cruise vanity project. Yeah. But in the beginning, this is a sequel to the show Mission Impossible. Anyway, Bunny, how many Mission Impossible movies have they made? Christ, like seven, and I don't think I've seen a single one of them. 
I saw the first one. I haven't seen any of the other ones. Uh, they have made six with a seventh one allegedly on the way in 2021. Nowadays, six movies into the series, uh, like I said, it's less a continuation of the TV show and more of a Tom Cruise vanity project to prove to people that he's not an almost 60-year-old man. Yes. Mm-hmm. At this point in time, they're making Mission Impossible movies just so that, like, he's not old. Look at him. We're dangling him from a helicopter at high speeds. going, And then he's going to drop into a ravine. He's totally not almost 69 years old. No. He's, he's almost old enough to star in our movie today. And he yeah. looks just about as good. He, every time I see him, I, I see more Botox and he just looks weirder and weirder like remember how fucking weird as shit joan rivers got to look oh yeah no she had a plastic face it looked weird yeah oh my god she looked looked monstrous like yeah what did you do to yourself he's going there yeah i see a lot of that in tom cruise and ellen degeneres right now yeah yeah but uh, at first, it was a direct sequel of Mission Impossible to the TV series. So much so that when the first movie came out in 1996, they had uh, as many of the original actors that were still alive that they could get to the premiere. And so Martin Landau showed up, and I'm, I brought, I'm bringing this up for you. Yes, thank he- you. Reviewed at the red carpet by MTV VJ Kennedy. She just went by one name. Her name was Kennedy. She was like this alt rocker. She started on MTV when she was only 20 years old, and I had a huge crush on her back in the day. Unfortunately, uh, she she took a real strange turn. She left MTV as a VJ. She started doing a, a – she was a radio DJ for a while. She was voted the worst VJ a few years I, ago. I recently saw her show up. On a news program as a He's fucking right wing pundit, yes, yeah, she's she. It's so weird that she was the host of, um, of like a, like alternative music on MTV, and now she's regularly on Fox licking Trump's ass. I don't know how that happened, yeah. but she but still yeah. has a Kurt Cobain poster, so it's all good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, you're the person who buys the Che Guevara shirt and around, although you have no idea who that is. Okay, now I kind of get it. So, yeah, she interviewed Martin Landau on the red carpet, uh, said, hey, congratulations on your Oscar win for Ed Wood. Are you excited to watch the movie today? Are you a big fan of the Mission Impossible series? And he's like... "You, You don't know who the fuck I am, do you? Fucking... It was classic. I was only one of the stars of the goddamn TV show. From 66 to 73, you fucking bitch. (laughs) They went a different direction with Mission Impossible 2. They got legendary Hong Kong director John Woo to direct Mission Impossible 2. But the thing, okay, just before we leave that subject, like, wouldn't you, Kennedy? Yeah, wouldn't you think that that would just be the bare <sighs> fucking minimum of research that you could possibly do for interviewing people at a premiere? 
Yeah. Yeah. You know? It, yeah. The Do movie's you? based on a TV show. Some people from the TV show were showing up. You should Do, know that. Yeah. yeah. And shouldn't you Can- have known that they were on the TV show? Kennedy has since released a auto an autobiography of her time on MTV where she claims that she lost her virginity to Michael Jordan. A lot ah. of women did. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so in Mission Impossible 2 they got John Woo to direct it, which is why suddenly uh, it, it it feels different and uh, stylized and fancy gun bullet stuff and and uh, oh no someone's sneaking up on Tom Cruise I'm gonna do this like upside down bicycle kick and yeah. like suddenly he knows all this kung fu and it's all in slow motion and junk and and it. Eventually, he when he when he finished the movie, it was over three hours long. And really? Way, okay. It was way too long, and so Tom Cruise, who is like an executive producer, and his people are like, "We need to edit this." And John Woo is like, "Okay, maybe I can edit a few stuff out," but they locked him out of the editing room. And so the movie that finally came out as Mission Impossible 2 was completely different from what John Woo wanted the film to be. And after every director has directed a Mission Impossible movie, they have asked the director to come back later to direct another movie. They've asked every director, they've asked every director except John Woo. So I'm assuming they hated him and they hated the second one. Surprising that they made a third one, but they wanted the third one to be different. They wanted it to be different than the second weird stylized, you know, slow motion gunshot in a church. There's a dove flying by sort of thing. So they went tactical with Mission Impossible 3. It was tactical and serious and he was wearing bulletproof vests and he's, you know, you know, he learned how to be like a SWAT team person and like SEAL Team 6 type shit and they got J.J. Abrams to direct and they really wanted to do something different from, from Mission Impossible 3. So when it came time to advertise the third movie, they also went different. Like, this is going to be a different film in the franchise. Let's try and advertise this different. Let's think outside of the box. It's 2006. How can we come up with something that will really capture America's attention? So this is what they did. Here's what they did. Why they did it, I have no idea. So they rigged 4,500 randomly selected newspaper boxes to have digital audio players hidden inside of them. So once people opened the newspaper box to, and they purchased, you know, a vending machine, once they opened the newspaper box, the theme song to Mission Impossible would play. Okay. It's a cute, it's a cute idea, I guess. But when you really think about the fact that the film was only four and a half years removed from nine eleven, 
yeah. maybe don't rig newspaper boxes everywhere to have this big, massive electronic device with wires. So, because the didn't, media player was... Didn't Teen Aqua Hunger Force do something really equally stupid yes. right around 9-11 yeah. as well? Yeah. 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 So the media players were six inches long and two and a half inches wide. And they were a big, solid red box with red, white and black wires sticking out of it. And yeah, people were opening up up the newspaper boxes, getting a newspaper and they did it 4,500 different newspaper boxes. So most of the times they worked out well and you open it up and it's do, 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 do. Uh, 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 welcome, uh, agent. Your mission is if you choose to accept it. And like, okay, that's cute. But not all of them worked. And so sometimes you'd open up a like a like a newspaper box and you just get sparks. Yeah. And a lot of times, okay, then throw it away. A lot of times, more often than not, the audio player media device thing that was attached to the inside top of it of the newspaper box would fall. So you're opening up the mailbox and suddenly this big massive electronic thing falls out. And it's like four and a half years away from 9-11 and people are like, holy shit, bomb! There's a bomb! Of course. Yeah. A lot of people, uh, a number of people... And it's (laughs) sparking. A number of people thought that they were bombs and called 911. And so in L.A., because of Tom Cruise, a number of newspaper boxes had to be detonated by the bomb squad. (laughs) And they're clearing out the area and they're stopping traffic and they're getting like hazmat suits and robots and they're detonating newspaper boxes. During one incident in West Los Angeles, over 300 people, including very sick patients, were evacuated from the... uh, VA care center hospital veterans from wars are being evacuated because of a bomb scare, which turns out to be uh, just an advertisement for a Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> yes. So maybe this ad campaign wasn't well thought out. No. Is what no, I'm thinking. No, random bombs yeah. around the city. It's It's just never yeah. cute. You know? oh, what is what is Tom Cruise's game here? What is Tom Cruise up to? We must stop him now. Yeah. It's like a, it's like Die Hard with a vengeance. And and really, what made anybody think that that was a good fucking idea? No That's idea. That's the thing. You know? Absolutely no idea. But uh, I'm surprised that more people don't know about the Tom Cruise Mission Impossible bomb scare of 2006. And so I'm glad that I had the chance to uh, let people know about it. So that's it for Shap this week. Next week, I have no idea what we're going to be talking about, but it's going to be fun. So join us next week for more educationally uneducational fun with Steve's historic approximations. Yay! And cut on that.